Welcome along this evening, glad that you're here, and uh, we're glad to be here ourselves. Um, your preacher was up uh, in Melanda at the end of last year, about this time last year, for the ordination of Brother David Onus, and of course uh, some of the fellows invited me to come down here for a few weeks, and I said, well, I'll come down, but it'll have to be about October next year, so here I am. I'm glad to have my wife with me and thank you for the hospitality and my thanks to your preacher and his dear wife for their hospitality and friendship. Six things Christianity cannot be without. Six things Christianity cannot be without. Hebrews 9, let's turn there first. Hebrews chapter 9, we're going to go quickly, try and give you something to chew on. Hebrews 9 chapter, uh, chapter 9 verse 22. Six things Christianity cannot be without. Uh, Hebrews 9 and verse 22, I'm sure you're familiar with. It says, And almost all things are by the law, purged with blood, and without shedding of blood is no remission. You cannot have Christianity without the blood. I mean, throughout the songs that we sing, what can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. The book of Revelation tells us, washed from uh, our sins in his own blood. So how can you have a bloodless religion? Uh, we used to be called, Brother Jekyll, I don't know whether you remember this, uh, we used to be called a slaughterhouse religion that preached the gospel of gore. And so we're not ashamed of that. And uh, people used to make fun of us because we're always talking about the blood. Well, how can you get away without talking about the blood? Because it's so important because without the blood there is no remission. Without the, uh, the blood there's no redemption. And so we have to have that blood and... Yet the modern translations in Colossians 1.14, just flip over there a minute, please. Modern translations do not contain the blood when it comes to Colossians 1.14. Our Bible says, in whom we have redemption through his blood. So our redemption is through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. Now, if you have a look at modern translations, the blood is not there. The forgiveness of sins is there, but the blood's not there. How can you have forgiveness without the blood? How can you have redemption without the blood? So that's one thing Christianity cannot uh, do without. Uh, we need to uh, remind people that there, it's the blood of Jesus Christ. It was poured out at Calvary for our sins, and we are washed from our sins in his own blood. So number one, without the shedding of blood, there's no remission for sin. There's no redemption. Second, 11, uh, Hebrews chapter 11. Let's look at verse 1 here. Without faith. Okay, Christianity cannot be without faith. And yet how many religions are there that are without faith? It's based upon works, or it's based upon tongues, or it's based upon baptism, or it's based on something else. But without faith, you cannot please God. And so Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1 says, Now faith is the substance. I like that word. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I've got written here, I said, Faith is the stuff that uh, makes things work. Faith is the stuff that makes things happen. It's like the invisible things of the creation are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made. So, you know, faith is invisible, and yet it works. And it's the substance of things hoped for, and it's the evidence of things not seen. Faith makes things materialise. If you don't believe that, read the 11th chapter of Hebrews. Look at verse 6. Hebrews 11, verse 6. It says, um, but without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a reward of them that diligently seek him. 
Now, you know, we as old-fashioned fundamental Bible-believing Baptists, we believe you put your faith and trust in God, you trust him for the money to come in, you trust him for the money to go out, you trust him for all these things. And we don't uh, get down and look at the circumstances, look at the situation. We walk by faith. The Bible commands us to walk by faith. So without faith, there's no pleasing God. Guess what? You can't get to heaven without it. You can't get to heaven without it. And there's no pleasing God without it. And so faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Look at Noah. By faith, Noah. By faith, Moses. By faith... You have a look at that 11th chapter and see how many individuals are spoken of there by faith. This was the substance that created the action and brought forth the events that uh, happened because of their faith. So faith produces the action. And so it's a wonderful thing. Action does not produce faith. Faith produces action. And we act upon faith. And out of that, we walk by faith. And so our steps are guided by faith. And as you trust the Lord, he will lead you. He will guide you. And so, if you like, faith is the materialization. Or uh, if you look at Moses and uh, Aaron, you look at Joshua and you look at Gideon, faith is the materialization. It's materialized by what they did. You see what they did. And uh, Hebrews 11 says, by faith Moses, by faith Noah. God said to Noah, I want you to build an ark. Didn't question it. Yep, I'll do that. Uh, There's going to be a flood. Yeah, I believe that. Didn't question it. And so um, the Bible says he was moved by faith and he built that ark for the saving of his household. So you cannot have Christianity without faith and you have to preach a gospel that gives us uh, salvation by faith, uh, by faith through grace. And, you know, without that, it's got to be of works and it's got to be of circumstances and it's got to be a whole host of other things. So without holiness, there is no, without uh, faith rather, there's no pleasing God. And you can't please God without it. So we are to walk by faith just like Abraham, Moses, Joshua. Look at Rahab. She knew what was coming. Rather, she knew what was coming. And by faith, Rahab. She says, I don't want to be here when it happens. I want to, I want to escape this judgment of God. So by faith, Rahab. And then the third thing is without holiness. Christianity cannot be without holiness. And without holiness, there is no heaven. We find that so many groups today don't preach about holiness. They don't preach about the righteousness of God. Uh, they don't preach uh, so many things about holiness. Hebrews 12, Hebrews 12, verse 14. Hebrews 12 and verse 14, Follow peace with all men and holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. And so people think they're going to get to heaven because of their goodness. It's not because of their goodness that's because of his holiness. If they do not have his holiness, there will be no heaven. And holiness is something that is demanded by God. Uh, it tells us that 1 Peter 1 and verse 16. 1 Peter 1 verse 16. Without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. God says in 1 Peter 1 16, Because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. God set the bar up here. Not the preacher, not the Baptist church. But the Lord set the standard up there. Be ye holy, for I am holy. Then also 2 Peter 3.11. 2 Peter 3 and verse 11. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in all holy conversation and godliness, looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens 
Uh, being on fire shall be dissolved and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Judgment day is coming. The environmentalists think they've got problems now, mate. You wait till this happens. <laughs> They'll have more headaches than they can handle. They think all their birthdays have come at once. Isn't that true? <laughs> Amen. And so we find here, without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. And you know, there are some groups that teach we can never have holiness. We can never have righteousness. You talk to them about getting saved and going to heaven and they say no one can ever be as righteous as God is. Well, you can't get to heaven unless you're as righteous as God. You can't get to heaven unless you're as holy as God. So how, do, how does a person get that? By coming to Christ and saying, Lord, I'm a sinner. I deserve hell. I would like you to save me and forgive my sins and um, let the Lord Jesus Christ be my saviour and I'll take him today as my saviour. Uh, without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. God demands holiness. Look over here in uh, Hebrews 12 a minute. Well, Hebrews 10.31. Let's have a look at Hebrews 10.31. Firstly, it is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Yet we don't hear that preached uh, by some of these groups teaching people to walk in the fear of the Lord and uh, walking by faith in the leading of the Lord. It's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Why? Why is that? We'll turn to Hebrews 12 a minute. Verse 28 and 29. Why is it a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God? Verse 28 says, Wherefore we receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved, let us have grace, whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear, for our God is a consuming fire. Now, those that do not preach about holiness do not preach about this. Why? Because they do not preach about the holiness of God. They do not preach the fact that it's, it's dangerous to play with fire. It's dangerous to play with God. And you mess around and play with God, it says in Galatians, be not deceived. God is not mocked for whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. And so uh, without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. You can't get to heaven without the holiness of God. And that only comes when you repent of your sin and receive the Lord Jesus Christ as your own personal saviour. Then the other uh, next point, number four, without chastisement. You cannot be without chastisement. So without the shedding of blood, there's no remission or redemption. Without faith, there's no pleasing God and you can't go to heaven uh, without faith. Not only that, without holiness, you can't get to heaven either. And not only that, you won't see God. But without chastisement, there is no sonship. Chastisement is a proof of sonship. This is one of those subjects preachers don't like to preach on, but it's something that we need to preach on. I have young people come to me and say, so Mr Hong, if I get saved and have my sins forgiven, I can just go and live as I did before? No. Well, why can't I? Because so many others that I know that say they're Christians, nothing has changed in their life. They're still doing what they did before they, quote-unquote, got saved. I said... Well, you know, when you become a Christian, you become God's property. He's purchased you with a price. And therefore, being his child, he will uh, chasten you if you get out of the way. And he does that, and there's a reason for it, and I'll show you. Hebrews chapter 12, please. Hebrews chapter 12, without chastisement, there is no sonship. And that's a proof of salvation, incidentally. Hebrews 12. Verse 6 and 7. 
says, Whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth, and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. And that's a principle that's laid down for us with our own children. We are to spank our children because we love them. The Bible says if you don't spank your children, you hate them. Now, let's face it. The government authorities are against these verses of Scripture that tell us we are to chasten our son while there is hope. Let not thy soul spare for his crying. The government doesn't want us to do that. They would like to prosecute us, but yet we are commanded by God to do this. And so there's a conflict between the government and the Bible on things like this. But God chastens his own. He says down here, whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. Not just the odd one here and there, but every son. If ye endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the Father chasteneth not? So if you've never been chastened, check on two things. Number one, am I saved? Number two, is it coming? <laughs> is it coming? And so we try to prevent it, you know. Uh, I know kids don't like getting spanked and they'll try and get out of it and they'll try and make excuses. What about us? You know, best thing is to walk a straight line and do the right thing. And yet uh, somewhere along the line, there will be chastisement of one sort or another. And it doesn't always come with a flogging. God speaks. God chastens through speaking. His Holy Spirit convicts us. And if we don't obey that, then he'll take away our joy and our happiness. And then uh, other things will start to put roadblocks in the way and things will start to go wrong. And God keeps saying, you know, I'm trying to get your attention. You don't believe that? Read the book of Amos. God said, I sent you this, and you still did not return unto me, saith the Lord. I sent this, and you still don't, did not return to me, saith the Lord. So, <coughs> so read the book, excuse me, read the book of Amos. It's a great book, and it'll show you how God deals with his children. So without chastisement, there is no sonship. It is a proof of your salvation. It proves that you are a child of God. Verse 10, for they verily for a few days chastened us after their own pleasure, but he for our profit, that we might be partakers of his holiness. He created us. He saves us when we get saved. He declares us holy. He commands us to be holy. And if we're not living holy, he'll chasten us that we might be partakers of his holiness. He wants us to have a good testimony and not bring reproach upon his name. And then number five, without Christ, you are lost. Without Christ, you are without hope. Without Christ, you are without God. Look over here in Ephesians chapter 2, please. I think about those people over there where Andrew is uh, witnessing to the Jews. And, you know, they're without Christ. You know something? They're without God. You cannot uh, separate God and Christ. They are one and the same. Christ is God. God came down in human flesh and walked amongst men. Uh, for three and a half years he ministered and they nailed him to a cross. So here in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 12, if you look there please, that at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. So without Christ... There is no hope. Without Christ, uh, you know, it's going to be a fatalistic uh, eternity. You are lost without Christ, without hope, without God. And it says here, um, get back to the right verse here, verse 12. He says, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. Our world needs God.
people in our world need God. And God created mankind. What did Paul say over there preaching to the people in Athens? Flip over to Acts chapter 17. Paul was preaching to the heathen in Athens with their, all of their pagan and uh, idolatry and all this stuff. And the apostle Paul, uh, he was grieved at what he saw. And so Paul preached to these people and he started in Genesis 1.1 and finished up in Revelation 20 and verse 10. Uh, that wasn't written then, but anyway. Yeah, you, know what I'm, you know where I'm going, that's the Hong version. But anyway, the Apostle Paul, he says that um, in verse 23, for I passed by, as I passed by, I beheld your devotions and found, I found an altar with the inscription to the unknown God, whom you therefore, uh, whom therefore you ignorantly worship, him I declare unto you. I'm going to tell you about the one you don't know about, and that's the real God, the true God, the living God. And Genesis 1.1, God that made the world and all things therein. He starts off in Genesis 1.1 with the creation. Hey, that's a good place to start when you're witnessing. You know, tell the atheists, you know, we don't believe that junk. We believe that God created man. And like Paul tells these folks, you don't believe in Christ, you're going to go to hell. Simply that. And if you go down through his message there, what did he say? God is not worshipped uh, with men's hands. But it says down here, He give it, that's verse 25, as though he needed anything, seeing he giveth to all life. Where does life come from? God. I asked the kids in school, tell me how life comes about. Can you tell me how something gets life? They can't explain it. It comes from God. And uh, breath and all things. So God gives to all life and breath and all things. And watch this. Hath made of one blood all, uh, all nations of men for to dwell on the face of the earth and hath before hath it determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitation. Mankind will never be able to live on any other planet but earth except for heaven. Why? Because God created earth for mankind and put mankind on there and God has limited the bounds of man's habitation. He'll never live in space, I don't believe. I reckon they're wasting their money out there with all their spaceships looking for a new place to live. Ha <laughs> ha! According to the scriptures here, there ain't no other place. There's only one place, and that's that dear old place called Earth. And so he says down here, if you move down a little bit uh, uh, closer here, verse 30. At the times of this ignorance God winked at, but now commandeth all men everywhere to repent, because he hath appointed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness by that man whom he hath ordained, whereof he hath given assurance unto all men, in that he hath raised him from the dead. So he talks about the judgment of Almighty God based upon the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Men don't believe in the resurrection, they're going to be judged. So without Christ, men are lost. Uh, without God, without out hope and uh, no salvation. There was the Bible saying in Acts chapter 4 and verse 12. Acts 4 and verse 12. We don't go along with the ecumenical movement or the interfaith movements where we're all on the same wheel from the hub, heading out in different directions, then uh, heaven's just in the centre and we're all coming from different directions, heading for the same place. That's a load of rubbish. Load of rubbish. Here in Acts 4 and verse 12, it says, Neither is there salvation in any other. None in Buddha, none in Krishna, none in Muhammad, and none in Allah. See, Allah's not uh, the God of heaven. There is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. That's why we can tell these interfaith groups, oh, look, we don't work with you because it's a violation of Scripture because you guys are preaching another Jesus. 
Beware of that. Just anybody that talks about Jesus does not make them a Christian. The Mormons talk about Jesus. Jehovah's Witnesses talk about Jesus. The Christadelphians do too. So without Christ, people are lost, without hope, and without God. And the last thing, without the Spirit of God, we're none of his. So how can you have Christianity without the Spirit? And there's so much confusion about the Spirit of God. Paul said, beware lest you receive another spirit. Okay, so there is another spirit. And so do not attend to uh, uh, or uh, paying attention to other spirits. What did Paul John say? Try the spirits whether they are of God. And I'll tell you what, you need to try these people and test them according to the word of God. Let's see, look quickly here in Romans chapter 8. Romans 8. Yeah, so without the spirit, we're none of his. You cannot be a Christian without the spirit. And yet there are some that teach you can get saved by believing the gospel and then you get the spirit three weeks later or three months later or even a year later. doesn't work like that. When you get saved, you receive the, the Holy Spirit. Okay, Here in Romans chapter 8 and verse 9. Romans 8 and verse 9. You are not in the flesh but in the spirit, if so be that the spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. So you cannot be a Christian without the Spirit of Christ. And those that would tell you, yes, I'm a Christian, but I'm praying for the Spirit. I'm praying for the gift of tongues, and I'm praying for this, and I'm praying for that. Listen, when you receive the Lord Jesus Christ, you receive the Holy Spirit. Look at verse 16. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. The Holy Spirit witnesses with our spirit that we are the children of God. And without the spirit of God, you cannot be a Christian. And so you can't be partially there and then finally get it. You're either saved or lost. So uh, I talked to some people one time. I said, so you tell me if, if I get saved and I hear an evangelist in your church and, you know, I, I receive Christ my saviour and I walk outside across the highway and whack, I get splat and I'm killed. So, do I go to heaven? Oh, no. Why not? Because you haven't been baptised. I said, so my salvation is not based in the gospel that I believed, but in baptism. And others are saying, do you have the revival centres of Australia down here? Hopefully not. <laughs> yeah, they're British Israelites and you name it. I tell you, you talk about not all the nuts are in fruitcake, I tell you. But anyway, they'll get out and they'll have their great big banners and posters there showing the ten lost tribes of Israel. You know the ten lost tribes? Uh, Paul knew which tribe he was from. That was one of the ten lost tribes. Did you know that? Yeah. Ah, no, don't listen to all that stuff. So uh, Paul uh, says, without the Spirit of God, you're none of his. Okay? You cannot be a Christian without the Spirit of God. 1 John 4.13. 1 John chapter 4, verse 13. 1 John 4.13. Hereby know we that we dwell in him and he in us because he hath given us of his spirit. It's important to know these things because Christianity cannot be without the shedding of blood. No remission or redemption without it. You cannot have Christianity without faith because there's no pleasing God and no salvation without faith. Without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. And without chastisement, you're not a child of God. If you haven't been chastened yet and you are a child of God, well, get ready for it because one day you will get it, whether it be by speech or correction or roadblocks or sickness. 
And let me say this, not everybody that gets sick is being chastened. We tend to do that. <laughs> See, look at Job. Yeah, we know what you've been doing, eh? We know what's wrong with you, eh? You've been a bad boy. And so because you've been a bad boy, God's been chasing you. No, that, that wasn't it at all. Job was going through trial. Two people in the same church can be going through almost identical circumstances and one can be a, a disobedient, wayward believer and he's getting chastened. One over here is a faithful Christian and God is preparing him for greater things to move on to more responsibility. And so don't judge people for what's happening in their life and get it all wrong. Because, listen, we're all going to get chastisement one way or another. And without uh, Christ, we are lost without hope, without God. And uh, without the Spirit, we are none of His. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your Son. Thank you for your Word. Thank you for these things that we can look at, Lord, and nail it down and know that the Scripture is right. Therefore, so many people are wrong. Uh, bless the remainder of the service tonight. In Jesus' name, amen.